This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. I'm your host, Kerry Earnhardt, coming to you from the Exalta studio. And alongside me is an outdoor enthusiast and former driver like myself, old Hank Parker Jr. What's up? Kerry, <laughs> how you doing? Good, man? how you doing? Can you believe how fast time flies? July 4th, no. Independence Day, here and gone. Uh, we both uh, told great stories about that, and we have survived our own. Yeah, another, another one. We're still walking and got all our limbs. We're still here, and it's summer's come, and it, before we know it, it's going to be gone. Yeah, unfortunately, it's been a lot of fun, and you know we uh, do a lot of stuff on the lake and boating and fishing and stuff like that. And I had an opportunity. My wife uh, has a real good friend she grew up with her and her husband and two boys mm-hmm. came and stayed a week with us over the fourth and we went out on a boat and watched fireworks on the lake and there you go. done stuff like that well the the dad and the sons the dad's a huge bass fisherman he does the bl bl bflw yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff and he uh fished amateur high rock this past weekend with the guy and he came on down to the house on saturday evening and saturday night we went out took him and his boys and my daughter and went out bow fishing oh man so y'all stayed up all night no no i give them the short version i went out <laughs> and hit this island and then back in this one cove there you go and only got yelled at twice by people that live on the lake for all the bright lights we had but other than that we done pretty good had okay. some fish flying and arrows yeah. flying and a couple hits and that was about it I'm not too good at that. I I enjoy it, but I, I struggle with it. My brother catfish is a really good shot, so it's never a it's your turn, my turn type thing. No, it's whoever can shoot the fastest, <laughs> yeah. and he's always a lot faster than I am. Yeah, that's he always it. hits. It makes me so mad. And I never realized it because we're sitting there and we're going along. With my daughter yells, "Watch out! He's getting serious. Here it comes one. You can tell he's all anxious and fidgety. Just watch out. He might elbow you when he pulls back. I'm like, I don't remember. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm like that, but she says I am. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll get you. She's probably right. Yeah. I'm sure she is. But we had a good time. It was good, you know, introducing them to that. And, you know, they had enjoyed it. And now they're talking about getting some bows and rigging them up and hitting <laughs> the rivers and streams up at uh in Virginia where they're from. So they don't hopefully take long, I connected them to it. Yeah, there you go. Don't take long. You can get the fever pretty fast on that deal. And that's a lot of stuff you can do for fun in the summertime to stay brushed up and keep your archery skills uh, at top condition so when uh, September rolls around, you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, that's a lot of reason why I do this. Um, I just, the only thing I hope I don't get in, into doing is aiming too low. Because <laughs> with these fish, you have yeah. to aim way below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope I don't... <laughs> forget not to do that yeah when i'm in the stand with the deer just think i mean if you could get one in the water you'd be sick <laughs> smoking right in the vitals yeah about two or three feet deep he'd be all right <laughs> snorkeling <laughs> oh, so yeah well, that time's coming upon us here we uh been doing some scouting and you know we've got cameras set up and um working on tree stands and i got a place up in kentucky i'm getting ready to go up and work on a couple stands and see how the food plots are doing we put a couple food plots in clear out a bunch of uh, trees and you know open up some good alleyways and stuff for food plots and mm-hmm. got them all planted and 
The guy sent me pictures of them and looked pretty good, so I'm excited about getting up there. Good, man. You know, there's a. You know, I think today is a good time to just kind of stop and talk about that for a few minutes. You know, a lot of people end up going hunting or, or hunting with a friend and looking to get into it. You, it there's a lot that goes into it, and you talk about you, you throw the that four letter word around work, um, but. There's a lot of fun in that work, too. It is. And it uh, is. you get all that stuff ready. And then when you can manipulate, uh, maybe say the word, manipulate certain areas to make it more conducive to see animals, uh, that that's pretty satisfying. That's a lot of fun. But also when you can, um, when you're really using an area to its fullest potential and helping to manage the the, the herd in, in a particular area, that that's a lot of fun, too. It is, and you know this place we have in Kentucky. It's like forty five hundred acres, but it's old. Um, what do you call them? It's all been cut over and timbered and okay. everything, so it's all grown up. It's real thick, uh-huh. and you know it's just one road down the middle of this whole property. It's like eight mile long road. Wow! And then it drops off on both sides, and it's all thick. So we go in and open up some clearings where you can get some good lanes to shoot in and stuff like that. And we uh, think we got about fifteen people in this hunting group in this camp and uh it's gonna be exciting it's the first year we've actually done this i, I hunted it last year but man it was hard because you know you see them come through a little clear and that was all you had right and they're gone you so, gotta do it fast yeah so i'm excited about getting up there and seeing how everything turned out and hopefully be able to start looking and seeing what what kind of um potential we have up there with the deer and what kind of quality of deer we have yeah, Kentucky's one of those places where you can see some great deer, and they just, they'll just start showing up, and, you know, we're right in that, we're in that point of season where uh, it's, uh, you, you plant, some people don't do it, and some do, but you you plant your summertime food plots uh, somewhere around that April time, and my dad has a, a, a farm in South Carolina, I grew up pretty much hunting there, and and uh, we've talked about that before in the past, but we have a we're hobby farmers because we mess up a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we uh, but also I hunt here where I live in North Carolina, which is about two hours away, mm-hmm. and we have two totally different strategies. Down in South Carolina, you know, we're managing the deer, we're really working hard to try to grow better deer, and 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 so we'll put in summertime food plots, and we'll do that just to keep the deer there mm-hmm. and also to give them something to develop uh their horn growth and to give them um to give them something to eat all summer to keep the deer healthy and to to keep the 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 does and the fawns healthy as as we go through the summer and uh so you've kind of got that you're on the back side of that now you're starting to see that result right. you're starting to see where your crops have headed out and how much they've been eating and what's going on there and and like you said, it's time to start putting out those trail cameras. And it's just amazing. just seems like it was just last week it was time to look for yeah, sheds. And now, now we're looking at deer with uh, their d- the development, early season development, and seeing where these guys are going to end up. And, and, you know, it's also crazy. You start talking about the low country of South Carolina. Rifle season comes in August, August 15th. I know. It's like a month early. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Uh, I've not gone in there, down there, and done that. My brother has quite a few times, and we and he's taken some uh, some kids down there on a few hunts, and mm-hmm. and they've always had some good success and a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, it's a good time to try to get a um, a buck in velvet too, because mm-hmm. you know in August they're still in velvet, and um, you know about about end of August, first September they start coming out of velvet, and it's hard to get one whenever you're here in north carolina hunting in september so yeah um 
you just never know when it's uh, it's always in that. A lot of times I'll go to Kentucky that first week right. of bow season in Kentucky, and I've gotten a few velvet deer up there. But it's always a fine line. You you can literally see a deer in a field on one day and then come back the next, and it's all hanging off. That's it. Yeah, I, I did a low country South Carolina hunt film uh, two three uh, three years ago. And we're sitting there, it was August the 23rd, I think it was. And we're sitting there, and, you know, the guy's filming, and we got all these bucks that come out. There's 420 yards where they come out at, and they're all feeding around there, a couple of does and stuff. And had uh had about probably seven or eight bucks out there, and this one real wide nine point. Real pretty buck. He's real wide, and that's the one I was wanting to shoot. Heck yeah. And, you know, the guy that owned the property is like, man, that's that's going to be a nice buck if we get him. And we're sitting there, and this buck has got this doe in front of him the whole time, or he's facing straight at me. He never had a perfect shot. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting rifle. I'm rifle yeah. hunting, too. Mm-hmm. So um, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the cameraman's like, man, you better hurry up. I said, hey, I ain't got no shot. He ain't giving me no <laughs> shot, you know. And he, I mean, it, you could see his beautiful Dave and all the velvet on him and everything. And it was just, it was crazy how it worked out because you think, uh, the, I mean, that's probably an hour and a half we sat there and really never had a perfect shot on him. I mean, it, it, other deer in the way, some behind him or whatever yeah. it was. Well, finally, the cameraman's like, man, we're done. I'm out of light. And I'm like, no, man, you got you to gotta figure this out. Turn the gain up. And yeah, you know, turn the gain, gain a little bit of light mm-hmm. in, in the camera. So he's. He died, he did a little bit, and he's like, all right. He said, I got a little bit of light left, and that's it. Probably about another three or four minutes. And about that time, this one buck turned sideways, broadside, behind the nine point. And I look at him. I'm like, man, there, there's one that's perfect shot. He said, you own him? He said, which one? That's the one that's broadside next to the woods. He's like, man, that's a long shot. I said, just get on him. Come on. <laughs> he said, we only got two three minutes. Let's go. Let's so he said, all right, I'm on him. And I shot, and that buck. Yeah, he'd done the mule kick deal and everything and run off in the woods. And I, I did notice his horns were a little lighter than others. So by the time we got down there, I realized that he was out of velvet. Oh, man. The only one in the bunch oh, was out of man. velvet. But, you know, it was still a good show. We had 380-yard shot. and Heck, yeah. Got a pretty nice buck and uh, had a good time. Heck, yeah. He just still, he tastes the same. Tastes the same. Good. The horns, you know, you can't tell any difference in them, but... <laughs> They're a little crunchy. You know, down there, that's some big, that's big land down there. And mostly what you hunt down there are bean fields. You've got some cotton going on down there, but you've got a lot of bean, corn and beans, and mostly beans. And that's how it is here, uh, or how I hunt uh, around here where I live. I've got several friends that have bean fields, and they let me hunt them. And, uh, you know, we'll start, we'll start in the next couple of weeks, uh, my boys and I, sometimes my daughters if they don't have something <laughs> going on. We'll go uh, with a spot and scope and go watch, start watching these fields and oh, yeah. start trying to pick out a deer and seeing what's going on. And I tell you, it's it, you've got really two different strategies. You've got the food plot strategy, which uh, uh, you you put in, you know, September, usually around September 1st is when you start planting your fall-time food plots and getting those prepared. But uh, you, you there's also, especially here and like like I was saying, in South Carolina, 
a lot of uh, people lease the farming rights. And right. so you, you're working around what the farmer's doing and actually trying to help them because they don't want all those deer eating their crops. say deer's crop. eating the crops up. They eating don't mind you shooting them. That's right, so. eating your money. So you, you've got really two different tri- types of strategies. And so this year, I'll, you know, while I'm here, what I'll be doing is, is just looking where are these deer coming out, trying to pick up a pattern. First of all, is there a deer worth shooting? Because most of the time there's not, you know. Right. But uh, I'll take the longbow, and uh, we just lower our standards when you got the longbow. That's right. I'm gonna miss a lot. Yeah. And uh, but uh, you know, you just start trying to pick out those deer and start putting in your time and, and watching that, and then setting your trail cameras up and and trying to you know uh, find a way to get those deer on that camera and finding those deer where they stage mm-hmm. uh, before they come out into the field. And one of the things I really like to do is, man, I'll set up. I'll set up several areas around a big field like that and put out some Khmer deer, which we, we have a heavily involvement with, corn and things like that. And I'll put out uh, those trail cameras, and I'll start trying to pick up where's he going to come out right. when there's still daylight. I don't yeah. have to make no. a 380-yard shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You talk about scouting and everything. A lot of people wait till the week before right. to start looking. And mm-hmm. then, you know, things happen. Yeah, you know, within a week's time, mm-hmm. and if you're watching and, like I said, you're, you're studying them and learning their patterns and trying to figure out which way they're going and how they're coming in the fields or coming, you know, by your stand or however, you know, whatever you're looking for. Absolutely, it, 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 you can figure that out in a week, and the time you go out there, it might change. That's right. So, you know, it's 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 a lot of fun, especially with kids. You take them out there, let them look at the deer and. Mm-hmm. Let them see how they act, and mm-hmm. you know, we see deer fighting or mm-hmm. see does fighting and stuff like that, and they just they just get a kick out of it and love it. So it is, it's fun, and I tell people when when for me in in the way that I've hunted in the past, I I feel like the best two times well, there's really three main times in the season in the deer season before they lose their velvet, they are so easily patterned. Mm-hmm. They're going to do about the same thing. You can kind of pick up wind and and weather changes and crop changes if if they cut if they cut your crop right. or something your all your crop gets sprayed and dies or something right. goes wrong there obviously they'll change but just in the normal situation before they lose their velvet they're not aggressive Mm-mm. uh they they they're very um easily patterned but the second they lose that velvet man yep. they start getting that testosterone pumping aggressive. and starting to get yep. aggressive and they're and they and they break up. They break out of those bachelor groups, and it makes it difficult. And and then you've got the rut, which you just you sit there, hold on, and hope a yeah. big one runs by. Because yeah. they're not going to be there. I mean, they're chasing right. that doe, and where that doe goes is where they're going. And I mean, it's not going to be right there on your property all the whole time. No, no. So. You you never know who what deer you've never seen right. for is going to show up. Exactly. Then, you, then you've got late season when when your food plots really kick in, and you've got deer looking to bulk back up right. after the rut, and that's. That's the three main times you really focus in, and then and then any day you can possibly get out of work sitting yeah. in the tree stand. <laughs> yeah. And calling sick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was neat you said that. When I was there, talking about that hunt I was doing in South Carolina, that was over a cotton field. Wow. And the guy, he told me, he's going, I'm, I'm going to put you in a stand, so it looks over his cotton field. I'm like, cotton field? I said, what are you thinking? He goes, just trust me. Okay. He said, you get in that stand, just sit there and watch. And we sat there and, you know, like I said, we got in about three o'clock. About four twenty, four thirty, these deer just started popping up out of the cotton field. I'm like, all you see is the head and you know, antlers. You don't see their bodies. That's amazing. And he told me that these deer, them cotton fields are sprayed heavily mm-hmm. with for insects and stuff. 
and these deer get in there because it's so cool and shaded with all the leaves and everything covered mm-hmm. and there's no insects to bother them no, no bugs flies or anything like that so that's why they're in there and I, I mean literally we're sitting there and has not one deer come from the woods to this field all of a sudden they just pop up and they're there and they've been laying in that cotton field that's amazing isn't it and it it just it it surprised me i i just couldn't believe it until i saw it and i seen a bunch of deer in that cotton field just all of a sudden pop up and you put one on the ground yep that's what's that, that was pretty neat so we had a good time and that like i said they were in velvet so it was a bachelor group and and like i said when they're out of velvet you're lucky to see two or three together mm. you know unless it's smaller buck trying to figure things out but i, I enjoy them them three times like he's talking about you know the velvet hunt with the kids especially because mm-hmm. it's more exciting for them because you get to see the bachelor groups all together different size of bucks and everything like that and then whenever it comes rutting you sit there and like i say you hope one comes by and they may not yeah and you know it's kind of hard for a kid to sit there and watch nothing happen yeah it's it's it is hard and and that's the it's 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 it is hot and there's lots of insects and, it, and that makes it difficult and the deer are going to move at last light but yeah. but if you can get man if you can get on that pattern and they're right there and i i need to uh i'll get i'll post a link with this but uh this week on our show hank parker's flesh and blood mm-hmm. we'll be doing that we'll be hunting in low country south carolina so that'd be cool see a few deer uh down there it's yeah. it's it's a lot of fun and, you know, talking about cameras, I, I got a camera I got up at my house. And I, at my house, I don't I only got 13 acres and it's horse pasture because we're in the horses and stuff. So I don't have any food plots. Mm-hmm. I put corn out and I put protein feed. Um, okay. This friend of mine's got this monster mix uh, that we put out. And the problem I have with my daughter, we're sitting there, she checks this camera every day because it links <laughs> straight to my computer. So it sends oh, okay. all the pictures to yeah. my computer. And if she don't see a big buck, she don't want to go. And I'm like, you don't know what's coming by at a camera range that That's you're right. not seeing. And she needs to lower her standards a little so, bit on the, on the deer, that is, anyway. So finally, I got her to go out there, and she did. She seen a buck that she hadn't been seen on camera, and it showed her what could happen. So she's excited about doing that now. But That's cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of give and take with the cameras. It's, it's, all, it's all good when you get to watch and see what all's coming in, but... In the rut and stuff like that, you really don't see everything. That's right. And, you know, big deer don't get big by being stupid. Right. I mean, everybody knows that. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people put out feeders and, and such and, and wonder why they're not getting the big deer there. And so, so many times, man, they'll, from your scent to feeders to mm-hmm. lots of different things, you can get deer outside of that camera range. And they make a lot of great cameras now that pick things up and, and you can get, get some good pictures and catch catch deer quickly but you just never know you're not always if you're not out there you're not getting the full picture you can get good ideas but you've still got that element of like you're saying there's still still opportunity out there you're not probably not seeing yeah and you know right now it's time we we're starting to go and work our our tree stands you know Mm -hmm. trimming limbs back and Mm -hmm. make sure you know our stands are safe all the straps are good still and yeah. stuff like that so that's what we're getting ready to start doing uh, like i said here and in kentucky and um also i hunt pennsylvania my brother-in-law's got land up there his whole family you know farm that he grew up on and he's uh been up there for a week or so now just mowing down the yeah. fields and trails i mean the roads and stuff through the properties and 
getting everything ready up there, so I'm excited we're going up there and do some doe hunting. There you go. You know, try to... Put some venison in the freezer. Manage the doe population mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get some meat in the freezer, so I'm excited about all that and looking forward to doing that, but I'm really, really excited about getting to Kentucky and seeing what all our work has put into that place. Yeah, that's that, that's so rewarding, and I'll say this, talking about checking your tree stands, I... Uh, where where where, I, where we live here in North Carolina, I never really encountered this problem very much. But once you start getting out in the Midwest, Missouri, uh, Missouri, as they say it out Missouri. there, uh, Kentucky, you've got those big old red squirrels will yep. eat your straps they off will. your tree stand, and you can get killed. And mm-hmm. so people need to wear a safety harness when you get in a deer stand. Wear a safety harness and use uh, use use some caution as you checking out your stands and. Be careful. More people, you know, since we started doing this hunting show and traveling around doing all this, you hear more and more stories. And unfortunately, we've had some guys that we've worked with lost their lives falling out of a tree stand. So you just, you can't be too careful on that deal. Check your stands good. Wear your safety harnesses. That's my tip of the week. That's that's my two cents. I'm only going to charge you a nickel. All right. I'll pay it. (laughs) But, um, you know, we talk about losing lives and stuff. We've had some here in North Carolina that's actually falling out of trees and out mm-hmm. of tree stands and you know getting killed or getting injured yeah um i had a good friend at alabama he was a huge avid bow hunter and i is one person i never thought wouldn't have a safety harness on i always thought you know he was practice safety and everything but he was hunting one day and fell out of his stand and ended up hurting his arm and shoulder and he's not able to bow hunt anymore oh and, man yeah, and I know it bothers him because that was what he done all the time. He never, he never rifle hunted. He always bow hunted. You know, anything he hunted. And uh, he's he's just lost that opportunity now just because he didn't have a safety harness on. Yeah, be careful. Be but, careful out there. What the, Do you have a favorite particular food plot that you like uh, to hunt over in the fall? Um, You know, clover's pretty easy. Yeah, clover's so, an easy... Clover can be easy, but clover, you know, you get you can get a variety and a mix, and yep. it works good for turkeys and deer. I do like that about that, right. and it makes a good ground cover. That's what I like. Yeah, but pumps a know, lot of nitrogen back in the bean, soil. Bean fields are good to hunt over. I like hunting over bean fields, and you know, the corn fields are okay, but mm-hmm. you know, it's more of being open. What yeah. I like to see. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, we really like to hunt with is. Uh, uh, turnips. Uh, we, we we plant a lot of turnips. Yeah. But I like I like a mix. You know where you've got your clovers, you've got some grains, uh, you've got your your turnips. But uh, you know you look at there's a lot of uh, there, you can do a lot of different stuff with food plots, mm-hmm. and you can go and to the store and you can buy you know your own choice of pick out different seed blends and put stuff together and make it. But there's so many things out there, and there's so many things that guys don't really think about if you're not in in, in, if you don't have an agricultural background, like a college degree, and understanding right. all of that stuff, and so I, I typically, I, I've got one I like a lot. Uh, Pennington makes one called uh, Rackmaster Elite, mm-hmm. and it's a mix. And the reason I like that is because it has enough of a mix that if this particular wheat gets a disease, it has another wheat. So I'm not just you know true done. And uh, it, when I put my stuff in, but I can tell you, it, it, if if you hunt, you know, around here it takes a late into the season before we start getting super cold. But anytime like the around Christmas and after Christmas with those turnips, man, it is it is a magnet for deer. I did see that, and uh, we went to we got a place in Ohio. I go and hunt, and 
the guy that owns the property there, he did plant turnips with this clover. And you're right, they did come in and just destroy the turnips. They like it. And, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I never did see a good buck or anything, but they, you know, there's a guy that hunted three weeks before I went. He shot a really nice buck there. <laughs> well, that was your buck. Yeah, well, <laughs> he wasn't supposed to hunt that stand. For some reason, he did. I don't know what happened. But well, it wasn't my brother, was it? No, it wasn't your brother. <laughs> and I haven't seen the guy and talked to him since, so I don't know what the deal was. Oh, no. One of them type things. I man. have a lot of stories like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story but you know, just right quick. Like you talk about, there'll be more coming back in there. There'll be it's more. Not just that one. Oh, they love it. Oh, yeah. So you talking about, you said that happened in Ohio, right? Yeah. So I'm hunting with this guy. I'm not going to say his name. Right, and uh, going up to Ohio, my brother and I, and we're driving down the road, and the guy calls my brother for going up there, and we know we're being set up because my dad is not coming, and he's kind of sent us up there to check this out. You know, we're doing the scout. Uh-huh. Sure. He said, hey, Bo, I done seen a big old buck up in the field. He's talking to my brother like this. This guy's from Ohio. I don't know why he's talking like that, but anyway, he's telling my brother this. He said he had 14 points and two drop times, which, you know, if you see a deer like that, I yeah. mean, you know, that's like, if it's not in a high fence, it's a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. And my brother said, oh, man, that's awesome. We're going to be there in about three hours. Me and my brother are coming. He goes, oh, that's good because I saw two of them that big. Uh-uh. <laughs> I knew right then and there we were not going to have a good hunt. No. <laughs> you know how I many deer we saw? None. I saw one. Some guys on the neighboring property did a deer drive, and it ran by us. It looked, <laughs> it looked like Mario Andretti so on the last lap. Was so. that guy up there hunting this property? Yeah, he was an outfitter. Yeah? Yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they do a lot of talking whenever you got clients coming in <laughs> see all these big bucks and everything but when you get there you don't see them <laughs> they're gone but they're he has gone. a nice picture of him holding a really nice buck oh, somewhere yeah. three weeks before yeah. out of your stand right yeah, yeah. oh man yeah that That's happens quite a few times but anyway yeah one thing i heard about is sweet potatoes sweet potatoes you ever heard of deer eating sweet potatoes you know um it was in south carolina's where was it South? No, it was around the coast of North Carolina is where I heard this, up like Wilmington area. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You know, in North Carolina, there was a law passed that uh, I, I, I would have to really read over it again to, to understand all of it, but it was a lot in those bare areas where you could not use a uh, uh, a processed uh, attractant or mm-hmm. bait. Um, so people, you could use corn, you could use peanuts, you could use sweet potatoes, and yeah. So I've heard, I've heard a little bit of that. But Carrie, Carrie, think about it. Just, I got Khmer deer. I don't need no sweet potatoes. But I, I, I know this. <laughs> but I'm just trying to figure out because I was hunting with a good friend of mine, uh, an older fella, and it was on his family farm, and there's this group that had a hunt club joining his property, and. These duck trucks kept going in and out on you know the whole time I'm there, and I'm asked, I said, "What in the world is going on back there?" It's a hunt club, and what's these dump trucks? They're hauling sweet potatoes in there and just dumping them. Said so the deer are just tearing them up. That's amazing. And I ain't never seen that and heard it. I just wonder if you had. No, I I, I don't. I, I found easier methods besides driving dump yeah. trucks in. <laughs> I mean that that took a lot of work, I'm sure. But look, honey, I got a deer. It's gonna cost sixty dollars to process it, and I spent two grand on sweet potatoes. Yeah. This is gonna be some good meat. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that process, but I mean, that's good stuff. Corn is a lot cheaper. You know what we should do is have uh, everyone kind of just. Uh, send us a, a message on social media the craziest way they they have used to attract deer that'd be interesting to see because i've heard people use a vanilla 
Yeah. Flavored. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard um, of that. Uh, cherry. Cherry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like Kool-Aid. Cherry Kool-Aid. Yeah. And then, of course, peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut so, butter. That'd be interesting to see what people send in. <laughs> the craziest stuff they do. Uh, I've heard great bubble gum. I've heard all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> now, I did do, like, I went bear hunting one time, and I had a job thing of honey is a squishy bottle and it had a you know, squirt <laughs> nipple on it and <laughs> squishy bottle of a squirt yeah, it nipple. Was plastic it. that's it okay, it was a plastic, plastic. bottle oh, that's it the one that's like a shape of a bear yes okay that yeah. one yeah, so i took it to the stand i had this idea <laughs> this is priceless that i'm gonna if i get checked or game warden walks in or whatever i'm you know, i love hunting you know i'm sitting there <laughs> eating honey it's not and I accidentally left it open, knocked it over, and sitting there dripping out on my stand onto the ground. Oh man! And I lost all my honey. Uh, I, I still didn't see no bear either. <laughs> now, if you would have gotten attacked by a bear, could you imagine what the news would have read? That would have been great. Earnhardt. I just thought about getting caught baiting <laughs> with the honey. Well, that's why you never break the law, Kerry. I didn't. It didn't work. <laughs> So I didn't break it, right? I don't know. You're not dragging me into this one. I have. I, I did go on this one bear hunt one time. and <laughs> this, I'm sitting in the stand, and these squirrels are just wearing this trunk of this tree. It's, you know, this tree's got a hole in the trunk in the base of it, and these squirrels are going up in there and coming out, in and out, in and out. And I'm sitting there, and I, I'm with, I can't remember the name of the show these guys did. It's like hunting southern style or something like that. And I'm with this guy, and I'm like, man, something ain't right about this. He said, what? There's them squirrels up in that tree like that. And I'm sitting there, and I look through my binoculars, and there's corn. Everywhere, in there. Right. Yeah. Them squirrels are tearing that corn up. Heck, yeah. And that guy has stuffed it up in that hole. Well, I didn't know about all this at the time. I seen that corn, I told the guys, look, I'm out of here. <laughs> I got down and went back to the cabin. And we sit there, and later that evening went down, went down to this place we have d- dinner at, and sit in this restaurant, and this game warden that I kind of got to know down there, sitting there talking to him, and he's like, "You lucky you got that tree." I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "That tree stands baited." Oh man! I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, "I've been watching you." He said, "I'm watching that stand." Oh my goodness! So are the you following serious? week, the following week, they busted the guy that the um, guy that had the property of selling the hunts and stuff they busted him for baiting bear oh man I'm like, man i'm glad i got out of there that is crazy i talked to a game one he showed me a video somebody posted on social media and he watched it and watched it and said i know where that's at and he said it took him four days to find that spot and he set up something and he got that guy it's just amazing so <laughs> the moral of the story is here do not break do not no. break game laws. Do Mm-mm. not do not do it. You will get in trouble. Well, I come find out like we go down there duck hunting and madam mesquite in places and I mean you don't know it but you're you're being watched. Oh yeah. I mean they're sitting with binoculars, they've got their places, they sit and scout out and everything too. So yeah. don't think you're the only one out there. Yeah. They're sitting there watching. <laughs> We're covering a gamut of it. Yep. And by all means if you're duck hunting, don't take one of those squishy bottles with a squirt nipple of honey out there. I mean you can get yourself in a lot of trouble because I have seen ducks drink honey. I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is too good, man. Well it might be something to try. <laughs> we could come up with our own Earnhardt outdoors product. Oh Lord. There you go. Have you seen did you see that pad they had it it was a pattern of it's like a big old foam pad had a picture of corn like 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? For Yeah. Oh, no. That's that was a long, long, you know, a couple of years ago, and this guy come out with it and had it on the market. Well, they started busting people for using that. Oh, really? Because they put it down and weighed it down in the... Yeah, in the, make uh, it look... Yeah. That's creative. Yeah. It's amazing how, how people come up with things. It's just, especially in in this outdoor arena. It's funny, because we was talking about doing some uh, products and stuff, and my brother-in-law come up with the idea of camouflaging corn. <laughs> And, you know, it was actually a pretty neat thought. If you've ever tried to camouflage corn, you he said might that, just he said we'd do it for like filming purposes, so you, uh, people couldn't see the corn. Yeah, you know, the deer eating corn. But I think he had other <laughs> ideas in mind where you can't bait. Yeah, I think. So. I don't you think, think you can bait in Pennsylvania. So yeah, uh, I think he had that kind of in mind. Yeah. Well, you know, we could we we might start a little GoFundMe uh, for all these people we're talking about going to. <laughs> jail over game <laughs> violations or something it's just too I mean, much i don't know dale jr's gonna have to win a bunch more races or something pay for all these people to get out of prison for their game violations pictures yeah, of corn you? camouflage corn <laughs> this is starting to sound like a broken record here he might not want to go hunt with me no more <laughs> no, i wonder why <laughs> oh, he might get busted mm. oh well well, you got any big hunts coming up or anything like that? I'm working on... I know you're talking about low country, but... We're working on a schedule right now. I'm going to do some uh, um, traditional... So you haven't got your schedule put together yet? No, I never do. Um, I well, how can I get in that schedule? We need to do that. We were talking about that the other day. We need to make it happen. I'm going to go on a bear hunt with somebody on the, I got on the, the coast. A, I'm not sure. I got this deal. You got to hook yeah. up. I've got... No, got, I, I got... If if you take me bear hunting, I got this stuff at... Uh, I guarantee you, you'll see a bear. <laughs> you see, we got that part working. You might have to squeeze the bottle, but you'll you got to keep the it bear. away. <laughs> well, no, Stay away from the dogs with that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! But uh, yeah, so we got that. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm working on. Uh, I'm working on a few things, but looking like an elk hunt in Idaho. Uh, going to do a few deer hunts, but I, I'm not going. It's not going to be a crazy, but uh, schedule. But we're working on getting it all figured out and, and just really kind of working it through. Good. I just got a few deer hunts. Hank, <laughs> quit beating on the table. <laughs> we're, we're hammering out my tree stands right now. That's what that noise is. No, I I just got a few deer hunts coming up, and uh, I had a new zealand stag hunt lined up for this month and i didn't get all my other ducks in a row so i didn't make that hunt yeah so i'm working on that one for next year but hopefully i can get some elk hunts in and you know work do a little bit of stuff with the team elk yeah with the rocky mountain elk foundation and do some stuff with them and hopefully get a few hunts in usually me and junior do a hunt with them yeah. for the show so that'd be good that'd be good i i've kind of got a plan i really want to do and I'm going to try to put it together when, when my son gets about graduating high school age. I'd like to take him on a, a, a pack-in elk hunt. You know, that's, That'd be cool. You know, if you could ever save up and go on one hunt that you saved your money up to go on, I, I, for me, that's the that's one. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, I love elk hunting. It's amazing the, how they come through the timber with the massive racks oh, yeah. they have and just to hear them bugle and Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. So. Yeah, it's uh, it it takes hunting to a whole new it level. It does. And you want to talk about a challenge? You not just got the bull. You out there watching. Yep. You got the cows there sitting there watching you Heck shoot. Yeah. And you got to be in shape. Be, there's allowed to be thirteen, fifteen cattle, you know, oh, cows yeah. around this bull. Oh, yeah. So it's a challenge, and 
like I say, you get adapted to the altitude and everything, and plus, hopefully, you're in shape to be able to <laughs> enjoy it, not be there throwing up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I remember the elk hunts I go on, and we take off, and the guy's like first three minutes, he's four or five hundred yards ahead of me. Yeah. I'm like, man, wait up. He said, come on, we got to go. I'm like, remember, you you were born here, and you're used to yeah. all this. I'm not. Yeah, the air. That's all I always I'm tell there, Come on, hey, wait up. Never get away from the weapon because it's not going to do you any good to be up there. That's true. Uh, you know. That is true. And definitely don't get in the crossfire. No. <laughs> no. That's the dangerous place to be. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to this season, and hopefully um, – I'll get a few things in the works and get some more hunts put together. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for quite some time, so I'm. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I'm looking at doing a Sitka deer hunt up in Maryland, and you know, Sitka yep. deer live here in North Carolina, Virginia, and Maryland, and uh, uh, you know, you see TV shows, movies, I don't, movies, but this TV is a great shows, movie. yeah, you see some great movies, but TV shows with guys. Uh, hunting them in high fences out in texas and florida and whatnot but we have them wild here and uh i've always wanted to shoot one with my bow they're they're a beautiful animal so hopefully i can i I had a guy offer it let's see we'll see how far it goes how's that yeah that we just accept him it's all you gotta do (laughs) you just never know he might see a 14 pointer with double drop two of them (laughs) have you seen the sick of deer I just make sure I have my honey squeeze bottle. That's right. Well, I know I've been trying to put this hunt show together and just to have something to do with me and the kids and the family, but it's been a struggle. So maybe I'll get work, working harder at that and get that put together. Yeah. Maybe I have reasons to go hunting. There you yeah, go. I, I get hunts. It's just convincing the wife that it's worth doing them. So she's like, man, man, man. We got these rodeo stuff going on. Do you know? You, do you know she's going to hear this and you're going to get in trouble, right? Well, yeah, but she. I mean, I say that to her all all the time. I mean, we got all this horse stuff going on, and it seems like everything goes toward horses now instead of hunting. So there you go. We've been going weekend after weekend after weekend, and this weekend we're going again in New Newport, North Carolina. I've never heard of it, but it's five hours away, somewhere close to Moorhead City. Okay, yeah. And there's like something fun. about a beach trip involved in it, yeah. too, and I guess that's why we get to do that. I, I need to find some hunting where there's some beach trips involved. That would be... That might help me. It'd be a little cold at the beach, but we could get... That well, bear hunt's not too far from the beach. Yeah, I know, but I'm something that she can enjoy. That way she gets to go and I get to go hunting. There you go. I have to figure all that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Well... You know, what? what's some of the takeaways we get from today? <laughs> I think we learned a lot today, a lot don't you? Today. <laughs> Always carry honey. Always carry honey. And a squirt bottle. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess that about wraps this up for this week's Earnhardt Outdoors here in the Azalta studio. And speaking of Azalta, Dell Jr. and the number 88 team are gearing up to run those famous Azalta colors again on July the 24th at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Crown Royal 400. Head over to ZaltaRacing.com to see all the latest news and images from all the races where Dale Jr. runs his his Azalta number 88. <laughs> oh, well, I got tied up on that. You know, Kerry, I never had the opportunity to run in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I always wanted to, but... Uh... That'd be fun. I'd like to do it one time. We've done that little, what was, it, indie, what was that little indie race? Yeah, racetrack? IRP. IRP. Yeah, that was a tough Raced that track. a couple times, but... Yeah. Never got over to the big one. Never 
That wasn't good enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I figured if I couldn't if I couldn't keep it in one piece at the small track, I'd be in a lot of trouble. It's kind of like you know, it's kind of like graduating high school and making it to college. Yeah, you know, I just didn't get I just didn't quite <laughs> get there. But uh, I'm glad everybody got to listen today, and uh, this is a uh, it's a lot of fun to hang out with you. And I just want to again reiterate some things that we have learned today. Number one is always carry honey with you into the woods unless it's illegal. Then yeah. don't do it. Because people are watching you. People are watching. And number two, some crazy ways that you have seen people attract deer. Send us your stories because we would like to laugh about them and share some of them. Well, and, I, I mean, I want to see if there's any that I can relate with. Maybe some <laughs> of the stuff I've done that yeah. I haven't told yet either. Yeah, no kidding. So send us that. Uh, we're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, at Earnhardt Outdoors. Send us all of your stories and maybe send us a picture. We'll have some fun with it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's do that. <laughs> well, thanks again, everyone, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on Earnhardt Outdoors on July the 29th. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Hey, everyone, this is TJ Majors, host of Door Bumper Clear. Join fellow spotter Brett Griffin and I every Tuesday as we recap the race from our point of view. We will also answer questions from you, the fans, with our segments, Ask DBC, right here on Dirty Mo Radio.